0: Section one of Idumen or the Vale of Yumuri, by Maria Gowan Brooks. The recording is in the public domain. Prologue. A stranger newly transported from the snows of the north and placed in a piazza not far from the shores of Cuba becomes, if he has the least sensibility, inebriate with warmth and fragrance, inhaling the perfume of orange trees and surrounded with fields of coffee. With its glossy green leaves growing in wreaths with crimson berries or white blossoms, he moves, looks, and speaks as if under the influence of enchantment. Let him who sighs for death come hither. A light veil will soon be spread over all the scenes of memory, and the climate, if it does not destroy, may at least shorten his material term. Ambrosio del Monte, a young Cuban educated in Germany had proposed to me a visit to a cavern near the valley of yumori at six in the morning we were on horseback with negro attendants the air was sweet with the yellow flowers of malva and a small herb bearing blossoms of cerulean blue still trembled with the large dewdrops of a refreshing night the sun had just arisen with that burst of splendor known only in the tropics A few solitary pelicans were seen about the bay of matanzas whose broad semicircular expanse smooth and bright as a mirror reflected every object around it in light of the richest colors a party of young men were just entering a small boat to go to a vessel moored at a distance in the harbor it is more beautiful said one of them than the bay of naples we passed through the town and were soon beside the lucid as it glided insensibly between banks of eternal verdure reflecting every flower and leaf that hung in profusion around it i could but muse a moment on that happy people who once lived and loved in these retreats and passed as calmly to their graves as this stream to the bay which so sweetly and silently engulfs it they welcomed the christian to their abodes and where are they now we soon entered the woods and descended to the first large and murky apartment of a cavern that had never been explored there are few things in nature that awaken more fearful sensations than an unknown labyrinth in the earth our negroes were afraid our lights too ill guarded to proceed and we were soon glad to abandon this craggy temple of darkness for the breath of flowers and of heaven leading our horses through the trees we found a path cut through a thicket which had else been impervious innumerable creeping plants had climbed from tree to tree entangling the branches with their verdant meshes and now hung waving and floating on the air in wreaths and luxuriant masses the path was just wide and high enough to allow us to mount our horses but soon opened into a spacious avenue of bamboo the spectacle to me was astonishing immense reeds planted in clusters and at equal distances had reached at least fifty feet in height their strong stems bending gracefully and crossing each other near the summit formed a vast arch or aisle of the gothic order footnote there were on the road from matanzas to the partido guamacaro in eighteen twenty four a bamboo aisle or avenue like the one described nearly half a mile in length it led to the central building of a plantation owned by a french gentleman some of the researches of sir william jones give reason to believe that the first idea of gothic architecture was indeed derived from the growth of bamboo the roof of small innumerable leaves of a grassy texture was impenetrable to the sun and the tall clustered columns whence it sprung were many of them bound together with a natural tracery of vipomia and convolvulae still fresh and vivid for the eighth of an english mile we rode under this shapely bower which looked as if reared by magic but art had merely directed the hand of nature an old man planted the reeds and a few years had completed the magnificent structure the moaning of the smaller dove was heard near us and the high verdant arches above our heads were disturbed by the black wings of the judio whose nest was concealed in them noon was fast approaching and the heat of the sun without was intense we alighted from our horses and treading on a thick carpet of fallen leaves proceeded leisurely through the charming walk till it gave us the vista of a coffee plantation Divided into compartments and enclosed with broad hedges of lime-trees cut in the form of a thick wall and filled with fruit and blossoms in the centre of an immense space stood a dwelling formed of stakes driven into the earth and woven together with wild plants in the manner of basketry a rustic piazza of tasteful shape was surrounded by sweet-scented shrubs and twined with passion flowers convolvuli and that delicate creeper called by the french la chevalure de venus, a lawn in front was covered with the fine grass of bermuda which spread like mats on the borders of every flower-bed prevented the feet from being soiled by the red mould of the country in the centre of the lawn surrounded by flowers and protected by a thick bower of grenadilla was a basin formed of the lime of the island converted into plaster and from a vase cut from the lime rock standing on a pedestal and ornamented with spar from some neighboring cavern gushed a small stream of filtered water low hedges of those roses which are always in bloom and emit a faint odor like that of the violet added to the cheerfulness of the scene the hollow trunk of a palm tree had been cut into convenient pieces which stood elevated round the basin and were filled with honey by the wild bees while borders of redhead or ipecaquana seemed almost alive with the humming birds which it had been planted to allure. warm and weary we were hesitating whether to advance farther or to return again to the woods when a negro appeared with a message from his master inviting us to rest beneath his roof till evening We found waiting for us in the piazza an elderly person whose benign countenance was shaded by hair still profuse although white as the epomia which opens at sunset upon hedges of lime and prickly pear the neat arrangement of his linen dress with the gentle composure of his manner increased the favorable opinion conceived before from the taste of his rural embellishments we accepted an invitation to dine and were soon shown into little apartments where we found cots to repose upon defended from the mosquitoes by clean transparent muslin purchased at matanzas gourds of different shapes and sizes supplied the place of basins and ewers and were filled with water cold from the tank and filtering stone we threw off our riding dresses and after bathing and dressing in fresh linen yielded to the allurement of the pillows prepared for us and enjoyed the luxury of that noonday sleep so grateful and necessary after any tropical excursion at three we were summoned to the table where two other guests who were wayfaring men took also their places soup of turtle taken by accident in the river was served in the turtle's own shell cutlets of the white meat of the same turtle a young peacock a guinea fowl doves from the coat and parrots served in pastry formed the principal course side dishes of rice grown on the plantation and sweet potatoes which had ornamented its provision grounds with their glossy vines and purple blossoms were brought at the same time with large vegetable eggs dressed with crumbs of bread the unripe plantain appeared in small pieces browned at the fire and the same fruit wholly ripe was roasted and served in the fresh juice of the sugar-cane next came shell-fish red as coral from the bay of matanzas and small oysters with flat purple shells each of which contains a small pearl milk curdled by the climate pressed into the form of a heart and laid on rose-leaves was eaten with cream and a syrup boiled with blossoms of the orange tree the wine that sparkled in our glasses was the purest of Bordeaux and cherries. A fragrant anana, fresh guavas, rose apples, fig bananas, and sapadillas were profusely heaped at the dessert, and coffee from a neighboring saccadaro finished the bountiful repast. Footnote Not a dish or fruit is mentioned at this meal that has absolutely not been tasted by the writer. End of note fresh leaves curiously folded had during the course of fruits supplied the place of richer vessels and the only servants save our own who appeared at table were two young negresses selected for a comeliness not common among women of their color they were clad in a single tunic of white linen with blue handkerchiefs upon their heads their waists were encircled with belts woven of the purple shoots of some gaudy creeper of the forest while their glossy black necks and bare round arms were ornamented with collars and bracelets of the scarlet grains of the coral plant which had grown near their own habitations the sun was near sinking when we rose from table and repaired to the grounds that first attracted us the hospitable showed us specimens of spar from caverns or grottoes in his neighborhood we admired the ingenuity of his fountain from which the water flowed slowly but filtered and ready for use while the high light roof above it shaded by two clusters of bamboo and thickly covered with vines of the luxuriant grenadilla protected the basin from the sun and formed a cool retreat from the fervor of noon when too oppressive This water said dalcour comes from a neighboring tank kept always full by the rains that fall upon our secadero it is conducted through tubes of bamboo smeared with the bitumen or liquid coal that oozes from a rock at camarioca it is but a frail material yet even these simple reeds may last as long in the bosom of the earth as he who placed them there is permitted to remain upon its surface we wandered about the grounds till the brief delicious twilight was fading and then sat down to rest in a little arbor at the extremity of an alley where orange trees were growing alternately with low pomegranates trees were seen here and there bearing a fruit of the color of a glowing peach but shaped like an inverted pear and surmounted by that dangerous nut in the form of a turkish crescent our bower slightly woven of guana was covered with the vine of the passion flower and shaded by the acacia of florida a hammock near its entrance was suspended from two trees of the otaheite almond into this ambrosio threw himself and lay rocking and looking at the sky that still tinted the foliage with its colors all the beauties of the island seemed united on this flourishing plantation in the tropics said dalcour nature is active and profuse and such adornments as these are easily procured and assembled yet the traveller in cuba can find little to examine except our numerous caves the dwellings of the planter are generally new and simple bamboo form his only arches and palm trees his only columns as soon as respiration ceases the remains of the stranger are cast into the earth his substance soon changes to flowers and weeds and death is an event so common that few find leisure for a sigh even when it occurs in their circle the man of feeling when disgusted with coldness or perfidy retreats to the pages of romance and seeks in the fields of imagination such beings as he has vainly panted to behold and possess in reality yet false and insipid as it seems at first sight, life real everyday life abounds with incidents often more wild and affecting than creations of the most fervid fancy. Poor idomen, who will not forget thee when I am no more, and who was idomen? I said her story returned Dalcor is long if you will hear it remain with me till to-morrow the rays of the moon which had now arisen were playing in the silver locks of our bland host and glancing faintly reflected over the jetty curls of ambrosio del monte as they peeped between the large meshes of the net-work of the hammock that still supported him the tube rose or azucena the mild atmosphere with a perfume resembling that of the magnolia while its tall spires full of blossoms were seen between the trees of the alley the faint odor of the coffee fields from time to time mingled with our breathing the rose that keeps always in flower was growing so near that even amid so much aroma we could distinguish its light fragrance like that of the violet moonlight in these climates produces a remarkable effect it seems to penetrate the system through the pores and conduits of the skin and produces that softness of languor so difficult to overcome or to resist the way to our home though not very far lay through thickets almost impervious the pleasing fatigue of the morning had also been enough for my companion we remained with the courteous stranger and desired him to relate his story dalcour rose a moment drew aside the flowers and leaves that the moonbeams might enter more freely and placing me by his side on a turf seat covered with bermuda grass began thus the relation which seemed overflowing from his memory